What's up, social media? Episode 56, and we're still on the topic East meets West. And today we can talk about my favorite topic, retirement. Something I am thinking about. Just joking. I don't think... The way the world looks right now, I don't know if that's going to be happening anytime soon. So, uh, let's... Let's talk about retirement. So we have a guest tonight. Um, we have Annie. Annie, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell our audience what you're all about. And oh my gosh, I'm seeing the comments come in. It's, right it's, now, I don't know if that's it's not my show. So, uh, Wait, what am I hearing? Feedback. Why am I hearing feedback? Okay. Are you guys good? Do you just hear me now? Yep. Okay, so I see that I host podcast, so I see the comments on the side. So if I start butting in and saying hi to people, I'll just realize it's not my show, so I can't do that. <laughs> um, this is my fourth live today, which I was telling the boys before before Jen came on. Um, so I'm Annie Lieb. I am the founder and CEO of Annie Lieb LLC. I am a coach and a guide to fulfillment. Um, I have my executive MBA, which I got in 2000, well, I got, just got in 2020, but I went since 2018 and it was a really transformative, incredible process for me to get it. And it really changed the way I looked at things, including the pandemic. And I've been growing my business ever since. And I am just here on a path and a journey to help others and lift others. Awesome. awesome. So let's talk a little about that. Um, so what does retirement mean to you all? I, I like to hear from your per personal perspective. When the war retirement comes up, what are you thinking? What's on your mind? Doing live show all day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah, oh, let me say something. It looks easier than it is, I will tell you. Hi, Ashish. Sorry, Ashish I do that because I'm used to saying hi to people. Like, you sorry. can say hi to anybody you want yeah. at Thank any you. time. Thank yes. you. Um, as long as you don't let me host. Okay, so I appreciate Ashish so much. He's he's my he's my bud. Um, so retirement. I come from a wealth management family, if that makes any sense. My dad has been in the business. He's semi-retired now, but <laughs> never retiring because my stepmom will kill him if he does. He won't know what to do with himself. But he's been doing the wealth management business for forty years. So I kind of grew up with that talk around me. And I know things have changed recently, but when I think of what I'm doing now, being in business for myself, I realize that, you know, I don't have the company and the corporate 401k putting away money and matching anymore. I'm in a different space right now. So I still have to worry. I'm a single mom. I have two little kids. I still have to think about, I don't want to say the word worry, but think about my future and our future. Granted, my dad and actually my, <laughs> my ex-husband works for my dad because when we were married, they worked together. So he's in wealth management, too. So I don't have to so much worry about my kids, thank God, but like myself and, you know, my mom and things like that. I have to think about those things. And so when I think of retirement, I think of putting socking away a little bit here and there, um, you know, making sure that that's a priority to me. Because down the road, we just as we can see with the pandemic, we don't know what's going to be. That's awesome. <clears throat> I agree. What about Aldrich, Jen? Thoughts? Well, I can I can jump in real quick, Aldrich, and just say, don't let Kevin fool you. He was thinking about retirement just today and was talking about it in the bathroom. So um, before, the we, bathroom. <laughs> before, before we came 
came on the show, it was a topic. You know, you have those days when you get tired or you are tired of dealing with people or you're just plain tired, just normal human stuff, right? It's so, like Kenneth's uh, comment here, right? Yeah. KDJ <laughs> <laughs> hey, always has the best comments. So he was just, I, I, I like to pick on my husband. I'm sorry. It's just my kind of my entertainment here sometimes. I have to hold him to it and say, <laughs> <clears throat> that you did mention that and that you were having one of those days where you're just like, I'm so tired, you know, um, and I, I can't wait till I can retire. So to add to that, my retirement, when I think of it, is literally just doing whatever the heck I want to. And for me, I see it as like going on vacation. I'm going to go on vacation and I'm never coming back from it, whatever that looks like, whatever that means. I'm gonna jump from one adventure to the next, even if it's right in my home. So, you know, can I just jump in really quick? I just want to say one thing. What's so funny that as soon as you said retirement to me, I automatically went to wealth management and money. It's, it, I didn't even think about anything else, which I think is an interesting perspective, right? Yeah. Now that I'm hearing you, I'm like, wait, I did, my answer is a little bit different, but truly, like. If I'm doing what I'm doing right now in my life, I don't, I don't ever want to stop this. I don't, I, I, this is, I'm the most fulfilled I've ever been in my 42 years and I could see me doing this until the day I die. So, wow. so th this is retirement to me is what I'm doing right now. Crazy That's enough. Awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting perspective. Audrey, please, please go first before me. <laughs> Oh, just keep it simple. I think the I think the concept for retirement has to be retired. The the yeah. only, this concept has only allowed people in the retirement financial management industry to retire. Other than that, no. I don't like believe that. It. I do I do understand what Aldrich's saying and I also understand what Annie's saying. To love something so much when you're fulfilled, that is what you want to do. And some people never stop, you know, even in their 80s and 90s, if they're still going and they still love it, that's still what they're doing. You know, some people don't like to sit still. So my perspective, I think, when it comes to retirement is being able to enjoy what you're doing, right? Without the stress of not knowing how you go put food on the table, the financial burden. Right. And not at the yep. expense of anyone else. Exactly. Anyone. Yep. Including your family. That's yep. right, Aldrich. We back where, you on that where one. Where you just own it, right? <laughs> you own it yourself. You're not financially dependent on anyone. To me, when you get to that point, then you can do whatever you want and enjoy life without being dependent, right? But then it goes back to also what is fulfillment, right? There's people who don't make much and they're just giving. You know, you're just passionate about giving your heart out. And to those people, that's retirement as well. So there's that angle of like, hey, perspective, right? What makes it fulfilling in life? But I like to hear from the East first because Eldrick pointed out something very interesting. He said, without being dependent on others, right? And I grew up in an Asian home, so I understand where Eldrick's coming from. So in the East, there's that... A lot of parents' retirement are also dependent on raising their kids in order to fulfill their future, you know. 
and they're completely dependent on a lot of times in eastern countries they're dependent on us you know when hey we raised you and now it's your turn to take care of us so yep. that's probably where um eldrick's coming from so why don't we dive in on that a little bit jeremy eldrick yeah i think uh let me just point out a few things um like what you guys said right um what annie said um when you talk about retirement in well pretty much the east or everywhere else there's mm -hmm. always this concept and association with money can you afford to retire right can you even afford to retire um let's not talk about fulfillment first let's put it aside right um it's always that money equation and um what you mentioned right kevin and what audrey touched on is really about um we call it the parental tax or filial piety filial piety tax kind of thing so there's this sort of a implicit um a rule right when uh, after your parents bring you up and uh, uh when you go out to society to work your parents can be retired but you still you know you know sort of allowance to have them get by um so and and i think what's the worst is in that scenario is that um if your parents fall sick and they don't have any money or medical or that kind of thing you know then it falls upon uh, the next generation to take out the medical bills which can be a killer so um so that there's this there's this um constant worry so in a way if i want to think about retirement i need to think about do i have can i afford to firstly retire and take care of my parents at the same time when they're still around um secondly uh retire and my kids you know expenses college whatever is covered and lastly what's left for myself and my wife right which if you think about it that part of goal is not a lot if you think of it in these three places so always the question is can you afford to retire can you really afford to retire? Can you really retire? So, so I think that's yeah. I think I'll I'll leave it as there for now. I don't know if um, Audrey wants to add on to that. No, um, I I don't have a lot to add on what you just said. And by the way, when you say East, um, uh, Jeremy and myself, we probably have wildly different ways of thinking about retirement because I don't look at the social element. I don't look at anything that has to do with the american equivalent of the blue wave i think it's utterly expensive and it's like pfft, no way man i'm out of that system but anyway i that's just an irresponsible statement but what i really want to say is that um from a pure from pure economic standpoint the the demographics are against us most of us are based in the first world country we are graying population if we have to take care of the growing population's retirement through tax redistribution and things like that, you are killing the middle class. My personal story, my mom was born into a family where she has nine siblings. So it's nine of them taking care of two parents. I'm born mm. into my mom's family uh, as a single child. So that pyramid, for my mom, it's like that. When it comes to me, it became Split. like that. Because it's one for two. I don't have any children. If I do, you've you got to count the number of mouths to feed, right? So that's my mom. That's my dad. If I have a kid, if my wife is out of employment, it's four, excluding myself. So I look at the economic equation and I'm like, how about this? Um, social demographics the cost of higher life expectancy 
around the world, the average formal retirement age, I've just done a research before the show, is 67. Mm. The first world country's average life expectancy, which means the average age before we die, for guys is 86. Mm. For female is 88. So we got a good run of 20 years after retirement, which is unfunded by our employment income. I don't think anyone else, apart from the top 1% in terms of the wealth holders, can fund a 20-year run of retirement without money coming from someone else if you choose not to work or get back to the workforce. So that, so medical costs are increasing. We are living longer. So that's the, the expectancy risk. Plus, if you have children, your education cost is going to skyrocket. So if, if, like Jeremy and myself, if we put ourselves last because we've got to take care of our parents first, and then it's the children, and then it's us, the answer is very obvious, 101%. You're not going to retire. You just might yeah. as well just retire the concept. Retire it. Forget it. And, and yeah. I, I, look at, I look at these points, and I will always flesh it out to everyone who says that they want to get a life after retirement. I say, no, you're not. You're going to get a job. <laughs> Stop being irresponsible. Stop it. I tell my dad the same thing. Stop it. You want me to increase the household allowance? I'll give you a base and then you go look for a job. No way, man. Because I could have taken myself too. Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> ah, no, it's all right. I do it in my writing. I do it in my writing. <laughs> But anyway, I'm just going to stop it as that. The, 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 demographics, uh, the demographics, sorry, the life expectancy, the cost of education, and not to forget that we have our own issues to grapple with. Mm. The job market competitiveness, it's an endless hamster wheel. Yeah. So, so how many things can you take care of? And what happens to your family if you don't take care of yourself first? Mm. I don't have an answer for that because it's, it's very individual. I'll stop it as that. And, and it's a great perspective to look at this, too, because a lot of Asians, you know, I can only speak for Asians because I grew up in an Asian home, is there is a lot of guilt when you are not supporting your family. So, and a lot of people might, in the West, might not understand this concept because, hey, when you turn 18, you're out of the house, you know, you do your own thing. There's a lot of individualism. But in the East, a lot of times you feel you owe it to them. Your parents live with you. Um, you know, literally they'll nag and tell you like, hey, you know, we raised you. We did this for you, X, Y, Z, all these years. So this is, there's this guilt, that heavy burden that that's the, the thing to do. And if you are not doing it, you're this horrible son or daughter and you're just a disgrace to the family, you know? So there's a lot of that in the Asian culture. So, um, so that's where this comes from, right? Um, retirement in the East isn't as simple as just about me, but then it's all about grandpa, grandma, <laughs> mother-in-law, everyone. Yeah. So now I want to switch to the West. So I got Annie and Jen here. I'd love to hear your perspective and let's go. <laughs> Jen, go for it. I was, I was talking everybody's ear off before, so go for it. Um, <clears throat> well, thank you, Annie. No, we love to have you talk. You can take over anytime. Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely 
think I, 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 know, I understand the different perspectives and, and the weight that you guys have to carry. And then for us, it's more just a matter of concern for our parents. It depends like Americans. I think um, Annie will agree. Try to you know work hard all their life as do Asians. But we work in order to build some type of retirement, something that we can live off of, whether it's Social Security from the government um, or 401k with our companies um, or whatever it is we try to build. Um, there's some people that, you know, get really smart and they learn investing and how to um, invest in stocks and have a portfolio. So it really it really just depends on the family. Um and then usually as long as the husband and wife are alive, then they try to take care of each other as long as they can before the kids have to kind of get involved and make sure that, you know, mom and dad is okay. I think, um, you know, like for Kevin and I, we have his mom. Um, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's about five years ago. Um, I think she started about 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, <laughs> but we actually got it diagnosed and um, we had to do, make her stop working because she wasn't capable, able to handle it anymore um, physically. And so, you know, between his sister and us, we've kind of taken her back and forth and, you know, and, and the government helps with some of those expenses, but honestly, you know, just one person it's not as much of a weight, you know, and I know Anna has to take, is thinking about her mom because, you know, they don't have that other half to kind of work together. And so, um, so as we get older, we think about our parents and it's somewhat of a burden, but it's not like you guys where it's like, um, you're expected to do it. Like we do it because we love our parents and we want to make sure they're taken care of. You guys also may love your parents, but you also, but there's an expectation there that you guys have to carry that. Um, and so that's, that's hard, especially like, you know, like um, Jeremy has, I think two young children and um, you know, Aldrich has a wife and you know, he's trying to live his life. And especially through the pandemic, <laughs> I probably would have lost all my hair or it would have turned white if I had to support my parents through that. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts. Annie, what, what do you, I'm going to do a little bit of a reframe, Aldrick. I think you've really eloquently said everything that makes so much sense. And I completely feel and hear your burden that you carry with that. Being from a Jewish family, there's there's similar guilt um, that goes with <laughs> what's expected of you. Um, it ne doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily, but I will say like a little bit of a reframe is is just like, all of this makes me go one direction, which is we better like what we're doing because I don't think we're going to be stopping what we're doing anytime soon. So we better be fulfilled in what we do every day. So, you know, it, you have to think short term and, and you're talking about demographics and all of those numbers and those facts. And that makes total perfect sense. Um, but then there's really when I think of my long term strategy, I'm like, well, most likely I'm going to be working. Like most like, so I better be fulfilled in what I'm doing every day. I better love what I'm doing every day. And obviously everybody can't feel that way, but like, I'm trying to get people, my whole goal in life and my mission is to get people to fulfillment. So that's, that's why I was put on this earth to, to, to get people to a place of fulfillment. So if I can get them there, then working isn't going to matter. Mm -hmm. I, I love, mm. I love what you say. And I just want to, just further clarify on the reframe that you have. 
uh, not necessarily coming into an argument, but but the the the, the point oh, the point oh, that um, punches here. by by argument I don't mean this I mean like I mean like the, the that, spe- that, that spectrum of the discussion. What what I'm trying to say is that it's it's good to think about fulfillment and uh, you know the reality of the situation is that we are going to work longer than we used to think that we are going to work. That's the reality. Mm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, yes, we should think about the things that we enjoy doing so that we can keep our days going without mm. feeling like crap every day. I get that. Where, where my point is, when it comes to fulfillment and uh, any topics that's related to that, the analogy I have in my head is pull yourself up. Don't step on the face of other people to get up. So... Ah. Go do your fulfillment, go do things that you enjoy, but be but fund yourself for that. Do not get other people to fund you for doing that. Then you are inevitably creating a, a micro Ponzi scheme within your, your family. And if that protracts out to society, you're gonna get all your pension fund schemes all over the world. I mean, like I see that and I'm like, nope, nope, we we we, we gotta take care of ourselves in that way, right? So, sure, do things that, that you believe in. Uh, go engage in self-actualization, go start your own business, go do your whatever, but take care of yourself. I think the most important thing is that. And that has been the lesson that we learned as a kid, right? Take care of yourself. So we should continue to take care of ourselves. But I don't know why when it comes to retirement, everyone forgot that lesson. Like, oh, someone else is taking care of me. Ah, yeah, that's mm. great. Like, no, you're going to continue to take care of yourself. That's my point. And uh, that's, that's really it. We're actually really on the same page as far as being, yeah. your, own, being, on your, own, being your own advocate and being yeah. your own, putting, looking out for number one. I understand the, the, the guilt. I understand the caring for. I understand what we need to do. But then at the end of the day, like, we need to worry about us because no one else is going to. Right. So that's why we better we better find that. And I don't mean like going fishing kind of fulfillment unless you're going to be a fisherman. Like I'm talking about really fulfilled and passionate about what you get up and do every day. Um, but we're on the same page. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm also like really into harmony. So I'm probably not going to argue. But- <laughs> <laughs> Real into harmony, guys. <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, I think the, the concept of retirement, right? You're talking about fulfillment and all that. I mean, just. Just throwing this question out, right? How many of you guys are thinking of retirement because you want to finally do what you love to do? Which means you're not loving what you're doing now, right? Isn't that weird to think about? Because if I'm retired, I don't know, I'll just be twiddling my thumbs, playing PC games the whole day or whatever. But but <laughs> that's what I picture myself retiring. Um, but that's not that has nothing to do with my job. Like, you know, any you're just really extraordinary in the sense that you are so fulfilled that you'll be doing this and you will never retire but i can't say the same for like i don't know 99 point whatever nine percent of the people that's why it's a concept up in the air oh i want to retire finally blah 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 so that i can do x y and z right why why is that why is that so the, the thing is so many people don't I, have I hear what you're life. saying they don't yeah. have a fulfilled life like mm-hmm. it's, it's not all about most your work, of us don't right? most of us don't i don't that's know that's why they need to call me i'm all about it <laughs> <laughs> See, and I feel I'm I'm in a little bit different situation because um, 
when we had children, I stopped working and I've been with them and then also taking care of my mother-in-law. I've been a caretaker for the past probably eight years. Um, and so for me, like, I look forward to retiring when Kevin is ready, but I still haven't been fulfilled. Like I actually mm. want to go back to work because there's things that I want to accomplish in my life so that I feel fulfilled so that when it is time to retire, I'm going to enjoy doing that when Kevin's ready. I don't really, I, I don't really talk about it a lot because I mean, mom life is hard, but it's different. It's not the same as, you know, being out in the workforce or, you know, and I, I have helped him, you know, with running uh, J29 creative, our, our marketing agency, but, um, but a lot of times it has been more of the caretaker side too. So it just kind of, I've balanced both. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that um, there's personalities, like I said, that never retire. Um, I think that there's some of us that want to be fulfilled before we retire. Um, we want to feel like we accomplished something in our life and then go do something different with it. Um, some people retire and start a business. I mean, so it really just depends on who the person is. Um, hence, hence the word retired, right? Re, re and tired. Yeah, <laughs> you start a business and get tired all over again. <laughs> I do, I do um, want to say one more thing though, because I really understand. You guys hear me? Sorry. I really yeah, understand, you, you know, as far as um, Aldrich's feelings. And tell me if I'm wrong, but it's not so much just having to take care of someone. It's that weight of, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I feel like um, it's the weight of like Kevin and I right now are we're working to build for ourselves. Like we're working to build something for ourselves and to make a future for ourselves and our children. And everything that you're doing, even if you enjoy doing it, which I know that that's also your hobby, you know, you enjoy writing and you enjoy, you know, getting things done and accomplishing things. Um, but then you have to, you have to turn around and support someone. So you're not even getting to keep all of your, your hard earned works, your money, your stuff for yourself. You're having to drag someone else along and use part of that to do that. And I, I, I know how frustrating that would be. I can't, I mean, I can't completely imagine, but that would be really hard. So does that, is that what you're talking about? No. I mean, I mean, um, if we if we think about if we think about the the fundamentals of personal finance, right? The top mm -hmm. lesson is one that we always brush it off, which is you you need to save X percent for yourself. Now, I love that idea, but I question the practicality because it is not about the money that you put aside for yourself. Is your value judgment in terms of other people before you that makes it very difficult. Mm. So if you have, in, in very simplistic terms, if you have cash inflow, right? And then you have mm -hmm. cash outflow. So your cash inflow minus your cash outflow is your savings. If you think about it in that way, you regard yourself last of line. You will never retire. Mm. Because your cash outflow it's not your frivolous expenditure. I argue that for most of us, our frivolous expenditure is like a pinch of what we spend on. The majority of our expenditures goes to the bank, your car loans, your mortgage, and then 
your household allowance, your current family, your parents' household allowance, your parents' uh, household maintenance, plus their allowance, and plus whatever that you're funding them. So where in the world is the average guy, middle class that's working, have that X percent to save? So that concept is a beautiful one. I think it's lost on many people, but it's lost for a practical reason. A lot of people cannot follow through. So I think that it's um, from that angle, it's, it's the, the, the pathway to retirement, it's a very arduous one. In fact, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have given up. Like, hmm. like, if I have to make a choice, then uh, family is important, my kids are important, they must have a good education, my, my parents must have uh, great medical care, they must stay in a hospital bedroom where there's no one else, it's only them. Then, then um, I question whether your children are going to think like you when they grow up. And the probability it's against you. You don't look like your parents, do you? <laughs> now, what's the chances of your child resembling you? It's like tough shit. I mean, I mean, sorry to curse, but but it's true. It's it's no no absolutely. I've given up. I've given up. I have no, given up and, thinking about retirement. <laughs> I have long time ago. No, it's and not this even. Is, yeah. This is good because I think. Let's scratch the term retirement. Because I, I don't really, I don't really enjoy <laughs> the term retirement, if you think of it. It's really a matter of perspective. I think we're all on the same page. At the end of the day, I think we all need to own it, right? We owe it to ourselves to put number one first, which is us. Because if you can't take care of you, yourself, how can you take care of others? It's impossible. And at least to what Eldrick just said, it's impossible, right? You might as well throw your towel and say, hey, forget retirement. But then I love what Annie said. It's about being fulfilled. What does fulfillment look like? And when Jeremy, you said that, hey, major, you know, I, I just given up, you know, I don't see any hope. Yep. But that's not true because fulfillment, right now we're only talking and the idea of money. Mm, we're yep. trying to, we're discussing retirement in just one perspective. It's just a dollar figure, right? But when you truly can be fulfilled, it could be through giving. I've seen people who are missionaries or do other things that are very fulfilled and they're broke, you know? So fulfillment is understanding uh, what's our purpose? And I think too many people walk around Earth on LinkedIn with zero purpose, but messaging you with bots so they can make that magical dollar, you know, <laughs> that because that dollar is going to save you for, you know, the future, right? That, that dollar buying that stock and it going up, you know, it's going to be the answer to everything. Retirement is the definition of being fulfilled, but it's not true because I used to love um, talking to the elderly. So when I was in my twenties, I love going to nursing homes and I love just going in there and talking to old people. Um, it was something I just do whenever I have time. And I always ask them, Hey, what, what makes you, do you have any regrets or uh, now you're, you know, 
here in this nursing home looking back and none of them said and a lot of them were loaded they had like these retirement pensions and all that stuff but they were unfulfilled they're just unhappy you know and they're just sitting in this gorgeous and i wasn't going to all these uh, cheap nursing homes government housing these were nice nursing homes these people were well off because i was always curious as a young man like why are they here you know uh you know what what's what's in the going on in their mind and i learned a lot because at the end of the day fulfillment isn't about the dollar you know and so let's talk about that a little bit it's so, beyond the dollar yeah why so, so is this get so the many dollar people, and then do it yeah why is this so many people aren't fulfilled or understand what their purpose is because because in i don't know maybe i speak for asians or maybe i don't a lot of people associate <laughs> fulfillment associate fulfillment with how much you have in the bank or if you have zero dollars in the bank uh, people associate fulfillment with how big your house is uh, what car you drive um, where do you hang out what do you do for leisure how many how many holidays you go every year uh, where do you go the us europe or just you know nearby island somewhere that's what that's what people associate retirement or fulfillment with i feel personal point of view feel free to object um which i think which is why uh, a lot of people think that if they strike their lottery ah, i can finally retire i mean how many times have you heard that right it's always that but if you do strike that lottery you have so much money you don't know what to do with then you have a problem because um maybe you'll be fulfilled for the first i don't know one year two year ten years when but once your money runs out what then what right and and i don't know i bet i think a lot of people if they have if they do strike the lottery probably that's when they feel that they're not fulfilled because they don't know what to do i don't know maybe they'll blow the entire budget and travel around the world is that fulfillment maybe it is to them or maybe that's the cool thing to do if you have lots of money i don't know i don't have the answer because i've obviously have not struck the lottery yet if i do i'll let you guys know whether i feel fulfilled or not but i do think that even for one of the this is what I read somewhere and I thought it was really true. Um, the day when you retire, uh, well, okay, one of the problems of being retired is that you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know what to do with your time. And why is that a problem? Because most people don't know, don't have that purpose mm -hmm. or that sense or that goal they've been working for to the rest of their life to the point that once they retire, they know the plan, they know what to do exactly. A, B, C, D, E. These are the things I'm going to do. And, and the problem is, is that when you are retired and don't know what to do, you have a lot of time at hands, what happens? You become very lonely or alone and then what happens you have a lot of money okay let's travel the world okay now it's the pandemic you can't do that right but most people will think right you know jen nothing against what you mentioned but i think most people would would spend the money or spend the time uh traveling around the world and that itself is a problem because boredom is the problem you try you spend you try to spend the money to counter boredom when you're retired because you're nothing to do you don't have that fulfilling uh goal in your life and guess what your money runs out and then you go back to work <laughs> so so this is just my perspective right i'm trying i don't know when it makes sense but you know just what i have on my mind right now just throwing it out to the internet um yeah Jer feel free to jeremy, disagree jeremy you're running my fairy tale okay i have this fairy tale <laughs> in my mind that like you know it's gonna be like an endless supply and we're just gonna live <laughs> our lives and go wherever we want and eat whatever we want and do whatever we want so but it's not a, it is not an, hear that. it is not an endless supply it is not an endless supply yeah, even 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 if you think not just money, right? Is there going to be endless supply of time? Are you going to be endless 
endlessly healthy? Do you have endless amount of energy to do that adventure? Hmm. Right? We're, missing major, we're missing a major point here that none of us have touched on, and that is being present in this moment. Okay, yes. so I know we have to... Uh. Our presence in this moment is what brings us centeredness and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So there's two things. There's presence. And then the other thing that keeps coming into my mind is that we're not talking about, um, we're not, I, I lost that train of thought, but let's go back to presence of mind. So centeredness and fulfillment, like we have to live in, we have to think about the future, of course. We have to think about our parents. We have to think about our money. We have to, we have to have that in our mind, right? But we also have to be in the now. We have to be in the today and in the now. We've all seen this with the pandemic. This changed mm. all of our lives. Things mm. changed overnight, basically. And things for a lot of people went to shit, okay? Like sickness, death, then also losing money, losing businesses. And then, you know, it's all, and there, oh, I, the other part I was gonna say is perspective. It's all in our definition of fulfillment. So like you're, you're talking about the definition of fulfillment being mon monetary. And I understand yeah. that and I respect it, but that's not necessarily where I put, it's some of it, but it's not all of it for me. So when I'm in the presence of mind and I'm centered, that's when I'm the most fulfilled. And if I get caught up in all of this, um, what's going to be, what's not going to be, oh my God, this is going to, da, 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 then I'm missing today. And it, when you, when you look back to the, there's a, there's a Ted talk on this, I watched and I don't have enough good information to explain it, but there was this long-term Harvard study on happiness where they followed mm. people for 75 years. Yeah. yeah I, I think and I read that one. Yeah. It was so crying as I was listening to it. Cause I'm like a little emotional. So at the end, you know, what was, what's your biggest regret? What, what, what's the thing that resonates with you most? What matters in, in, in to you? And these people were followed from when they were born till they were 75. Okay. And everybody came back to human connection. Nobody said how much money I had. Nobody said the yacht I had. Nobody said the, the, the home I had. Now those things might be very important to you, but what matters in this life, in this present moment, is your human connection. And I feel like I don't want that to get lost in this discussion. No, Which is I, what we're trying so to do much. here. <laughs> thank you so 100%. much, because we're definitely all about um, perspective. I mean, it's, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I, 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 really like, I, really like, I really like what you said, Annie, about um, living in the moment. And I haven't done that in a while because uh, the only time I feel like I'm centered and focused and living in the moment is when I do my planking and every second it feels like an hour. So I told you to start going to, back to do that because, yeah, it's yeah, precisely the point, right? Because every time we think of this magical time in the future where we have all the money we have, we have all the time we have, and we call that retirement, and wait till I get there, wait till I get there, then I will be fulfilled. Well, let me put, put this in perspective. I hate looking into the future. And I told Jen that. <laughs> I'm not big because the only thing I get to look forward to is dying. And that is 100% guarantee. Okay? No matter you're rich, poor, that is the end result. <clears throat> so why I hate the idea of looking in the future because the only thing you have in the future is dying. So why are we in such a hurry... You know, I, I every time I drive by uh, um, 
a graveyard or a cemetery, I always tease my kids. I go, those folks are dying to get there. You know? <laughs> People are dying to get in there. It's my dad. Yeah. yeah. So if you're like always in a hurry, uh, in a hurry looking to the future retirement, I go, why are you in such a hurry? I, you know, I'm not ready yet. And then people who look to the past, right? There's a reason why it's the past. And I love what Annie said. You have to live in the now, in the moment. Mm. You know, we we aren't promised tomorrow. Mm. So if we start worrying about tomorrow, then we're wasting a lot of time worrying about something we don't even know if we'll make it to tomorrow. And then if you look at the past, a lot of time past, it comes with guilt. It comes with a lot of crap. You know, that is why it's called the past. You leave it in the past. The, in the now, we can only do the best. And I love what Annie said, because the now is about the connections. You know, like right now, if we live in the now, is about this conversation. It's about, mm. you know, new friendships that we're meeting, the people we're talking to. Mm -hmm. And it changes our perspective and it becomes much better. Because if I start looking at the future, then all of a sudden I'm looking at, okay, tomorrow I wake up at, you know, seven, at eight, after I drop my son off, there's these tasks, there's these meetings, there's all these things I have to do. And all of a sudden it dampers my day again, you know, but if I live in the now, like I'm with you guys and this is awesome. You know, we're doing something that we, you know, I enjoy it. And I feel we're making a difference, you know, being able to connect to people. Um, I feel fulfilled, you know, so that's yeah. really good. So, Annie, since this is what you do, right, <laughs> on a daily basis, how do you help people navigate fulfillment when they feel there is no hope? Okay, so when they feel there's no hope, um, I would I would <clears throat> to to the beginning here. We need to, I, I developed a program for my clients. It's called the breath framework. B stands for begin. So we got to begin where they are. So I would go into talking about why they feel like there's no hope. I mean, that just might be perspective, attitude, you know, talking about all of those things. And R stands for reclaim your power. So I would get into them about what has taken their power. What, why have they given away their power? What's taken their power from them? Mm -hmm. E stands for excavating your core values. And I would really do a deep dive into what their core values are because that will expose what their mission and purpose is in life. And what their core values are is who you are as a person and your mission and why we're here and how we can get to fulfillment. A is allowing, okay? So then we get to get to a point where, where they need to allow what's gone on in the past so we can be present in the present and then think about the future. T is through because you can't go around any of these issues that they're having when there's no hope. You have to go through. And H is healing. So eventually I bring my clients to the healing piece so that we can get to the journey to healing and then get to fulfillment. And once we go through all of those steps, which takes some time, we can really uncover why they would have no hope. So I'm hoping and I've seen with with my clientele that once they get to the H step, they definitely will have hope again. Mm, that's so good. Wow. I have sound effects from Jeremy. I'm so excited. Did you write that down, Jeremy? Because you'll have to share I, it with I, me later. I wrote I wrote it down. Uh, well, different notes, but suddenly I'm like, whoa, whoa blown away. Because I, I don't think I 
I don't I don't think deep down I have a purpose in life because uh, I I've tried I've tried asking that question. I was eighteen or sixteen or even earlier. I remember first time I knew that people were gonna die eventually. I think it was age of five. I cried. I cried that. I cried the hell out. I bawled my eyes out. And everything and and I was so afraid of death. And I think sometime in my teen, um, I was trying to figure out uh, what's the purpose of life. And the best answer I got was the purpose of life is death. Like what Kevin said. So I have no hope. No hope. Seriously, yeah, no Jeremy, hope. we need to talk offline. <laughs> we, need to, <laughs> we need to talk and, about this. And and the and one of the most brilliant I think I've shared this before, but one of the most brilliant answer I uh, answer I ever got was uh, when upon the question uh, is there do you think there is life um after death, right? The the most brilliant answer I got was um I was on a plane from Phuket going back to Singapore. I was doing internship in Phuket for three months and I said to this um this um girl from US, she's on her one year sabbatical before she graduates, she's going on a world tour. So fortunate or unfortunate I had a conversation with her. So do you think there's life after death? And the answer was brilliant because what she said was um, well, if there's no life after death, then it doesn't really matter, right? Is you just die, you close your eyes and that's it. You don't know anything else, it's just gone. It won't make a difference. I was like, whoa, that's awesome perspective and, and it just brought so much clarity uh, to me <laughs> in a way, in a very morbid way. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, so, so Jeremy, yeah, I don't know where I'm need, going with that. We need, to, <laughs> we, we need, because of what you just said, we need to live. We need to live in today. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, let me, let me go back to what, okay, let me go back to what you were saying and what Kevin was saying, right? We need to be living in the present, you know, now that matters. <clears throat> yes, I, yes, I agree, and I speak from experience. But I'm going to say this. You need to do that moderately. Like what you mentioned, Annie, you need to no, look at the past. No, you have to do it aggressively. No, no, you have to do it, no, you have to do it moderately. I tell you why. Um, you need to look at the future, blah, blah, Because I lived my moment um, in my junior college years for two years. I party the hell. Because I always had this thought in my mind, you know, wow, life is so hard. Um, what if I step on the road? What if I step on the road and I got knocked down? No, I, I, you know, I could die anytime. Okay. I should party hard now. And then that's what I did for two years in, in, in junior college. So I didn't study because I was just after the enjoyment, after being present, after all the connection, um, you know, doing all sorts of things as a student counselor and all that stuff. And guess what? My studies was crap. <laughs> so, yeah, I so, did that too, so Jeremy. I ended moderation. up in rehab. How did you end up not end up in rehab? I don't, know <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so do it in moderation, guys. Do it in moderation. Yeah. Uh, but yes, living in the present is, is important, but do it in moderation. <laughs> uh, I, I have I have a wildly different perspective to that. I don't like future planning, any form of future that goes beyond today. So my future when I wake up is the afternoon and the evening before I sleep. Wow. And I want to I want to ensure that I go to sleep a better person than I am when I wake up. Mm, that's good. I'm not interested in any form of future planning, and I'll tell you why. Most people, when they think about future planning, what they inevitably do is they bring forward entertainment from the future and they procrastinate the necessary work into the future. So what happens to today? You lose it. You're, you're fucked. <laughs> I love you, by the way. Like, I think you are awesome. Just the way you say everything is so matter of amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, like... Oh, Audrey, the... Audrey just pointed out my life just now there. 
No, no, seriously, seriously. Like, I can, I can give you, I can give you a litany of things that most people will say, which to me is, is rubbish. Right. Like utter right. rubbish. What, what are you talking about? You talk about your future planning, which is five years down the road, ten years down the road. I get it, right? Okay, you're gonna talk about money at three percent compounding rate. It takes forever to grow your one hundred dollars. Okay, I get it. How about this? You can go out and work now to earn another hundred dollars. Mm. What are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, mm. okay, then planning for the future, right? Are you sure you're not gonna die tonight? Mm-mm. You can't tell, right? You can't. Mm. Let's lift COVID out of the situation. So then, people like to say, "Oh, you know, if you want to really know uh, what you, how you should live your life, you should try to have a thought experiment of what if you die tomorrow." I say, forget it. What if you die before you sleep tonight? You'll be very clear about the people that you don't want to hang out with, even if it's your family oh. members. I will not want to hang out with some of my cousins. I will not want to hang out with some of my aunts or uncles because I know they're going to have a negative influence on me. And if I only have eight hours left to live, I want to achieve the maximum that I can in the eight hours. So I'm not interested. So then it will drive me to block my calendar, block some people, not want to do certain things, and I'll just keep doing what has to be done. Now that is future planning. If you can't plan your next eight hours, please don't tell me you're gonna plan your next eight years. It's ridiculous. It's utter bullshit. Uh, Aldrich, you and Jeremy have are very at the other, like at, at the opposite ends of the spectrum with this, in my opinion. That's, that's why did, we get well. That's why we get along we, well. Right. <laughs> how did Aldrich? How did you get so present? I mean, what you're describing is true presence in mm. today. It's. I mean, it's an extreme. Because I'm wondering, like, do you ever go on vacation? Like, do you plan, like, what if, like, you want to do something fun next weekend? Like, is there any kind of, like, beyond tonight? But, like, you know, aside from that, like, how do you, how did you become so present? Were you always this person? Uh, thanks, for, thanks for asking the question I've never asked, but was always in my head. <laughs> no, I... Uh, Leave it to I'm me. Ju- I'm just going to say this. I have been very self-aware for the longest time. Uh, I know certain things that work for me, certain things that doesn't. And I can smell bullshit streets away. I can, I can tell. The moment I meet you for the first time... Okay, so I believe that there are two types of first impressions. One, when you first appear. Two, when you open your mouth for the first mm. time. And usually when you open your mouth for the first time, to me, the impression score will drop. Because of the kind of things that you say. And I'm not a fan of a lot of topics people talk about. Not a fan. Because it is a manifestation of contentment, 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 and satisfaction. And, and I'm not interested in that because I think if you want to have meaning in your life, you've got to choose your sacrifice. Live a load. Live a load and you can feel that you are alive. An example, if you exercise, if you exercise, the simplest one, if you, if you run or you jog, when you jog, you don't feel a thing. You won't feel like you are exercising at all. You don't feel the pain. You will not get focus. All you have is distractions. You start noticing the uncle at the pull-up bar. You start noticing the auntie that's walking the cat. 
you start noticing that a red Honda Civic just drive past. But when you run and you feel the pain and you push yourself, that's where your vision narrows, you get your focus, you're living in the moment because you are working hard for something. So that to me is what focus is all about. It's about working hard. Choose your sacrifice and lift the load. Choose your goal in life and no matter what happens, push through it. Because everyone else is just going to tell you, let's just go for a coffee. I don't have time for a coffee. What is it about? What is it about? I I'm sorry. No. Like, like, no. You know? So, I... Uh, so, Annie, just to catch you up, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aldrich, but um, he works uh, uh, when they go on vacation. He takes his work. And when he needs to go to the restroom, he takes his work. So... Um, uh, yeah, this I I, I like I, I didn't say it while ago, but I have a hard time seeing Aldrich retire, even if it was time. Like even if he was financially able, I think he would he still won't. be at least writing. Yeah, he uh, won't. I can't see him doing that. I but, can't. But to bring it back full circle, my question, Aldrich, for you is: Are you fulfilled? Well, at the very least, I can answer a slightly watered down question. I am very happy with myself. I, I love the fact that I collapse in bed every evening. Love it. I love the fact that when I wake up in the morning, I know what I have to do. Love it. I love the fact that I can choose the people that I meet and the people that I reject. I love it too. A lot. And how many of you guys can say that? How many? Anyone? I, 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 love, I love that I fall in bed every night exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Jen loves falling in bed. I don't always like getting up in the morning because I have very grumpy kids, especially one of them who takes after me. And so waking him up for school is like a whole nother task that no one should ever have to go through. The, I've had to tell him, child, I have feelings too. You are abusing me. You know, you've got to stop this. This is very painful. You know, um, we have how many days of school in a school year? And it's uh, almost every single day of my, it's a new of day. my school year. That's, that, that's, that's, that's really, probably that's not my version of it. Yeah, it's so awful. <laughs> really a hard way to start your day. So I am running for the bed and I am, I am throwing kids out of it and saying, get out. It is time. If, if I were you, Jen, I would, being, a, being a mom and a single mom, I have to say, I would, no matter what time that child has to get up, I would be up an hour before that child having me time because I would never start my day with that every morning. That would make your foundation of your day really, really negative for the day. Well, mm. then the other one that's like Kevin, because you haven't heard <laughs> the story before, he keeps me up really late. So even when I fall into bed, he falls in on top of me. Um, and then he'll keep me up until who knows when. Um, it's Jen. never earlier than eleven. I have to give him melatonin, or I won't get good, I won't get sleep. Jen. Give him melatonin Jen. earlier. Boundaries. Yeah. Melatonin <laughs> I'm like eight o'clock. Here's your two. Go on. Yeah. Jen, for some reason, for some reason, for some reason, if you still can't see it, your kids are tag team on you to break you. Oh, they they do. <laughs> I am serious. <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to break you in. Seriously. I, I love them so much, but literally it's like a neg there's there's like a, a negative and a positive. They're both going well, no. Anyway, they're both going different directions. And I'm like, are you guys serious right now? So just to serious? let the audience know, Jen and I are complete opposites. So we yes. balance each other out well. So yes. yeah, well, Jen Kevin, is Jen's Kevin ready will. for retirement and vacation. And she would probably to drag me to the vacation and I might still not enjoy it because I you, am the I am borderline Eldrick. Yeah, flying. yeah. That's what that's my point. You you should you should take a vacation with Eldrick. You'll be so happy together. Yes, you guys can work the whole time. You know, and yes. I I am not I'm not hurrying to retire. I'm just saying when you're ready, I know that I will be ready and I'll just follow you. Yeah. I'm not my takeaway take from this whole show is that Jen really needs a spa day. So like, <laughs> like honestly, like that's, this is retirement. Forget retirement. Like she needs Just a spa give me day. The that, now, right? The that's now. so funny because my grandmother actually called me up about a, uh, before the pandemic. And she said, you know, I know you're taking care of his mom and da da da. You have the two small kids. I'm going to pay for you to have a spa day. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to do that. Okay. I'll accept it. I went and did it. I just got the email from them today. Like this is the first email that I've received since I went there. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad it's price. Nice. I'm telling you, I'm an empath. They feel this stuff, okay? Like I felt it. Kev, Kev, let's get working. Yeah. Another yeah. stays around the corner, sweetheart. Did, awesome. did, did your grandmother open the spa and get you as the first customer? I think that's a very good business case. Then. No, but that... No, um, she's but she she felt me. She knew. She's like, oh, I think Jen it's needs gone. this, and I'm it's like, nice. wow, that could not. But I mean, I kind of feel like I need it every day, so I, I try to go easy on Kevin. <laughs> no, and, and I think this is great too because um, I I oh think my. sometimes we don't put it in perspective because uh, you know this show is primarily. I mean, we're streaming in a lot of social media channels, mm -hmm. but we have a huge following on LinkedIn, right? But I think a lot of times people don't give credit to all the moms out there, right? All the stay-at-home moms. We we focus on the CEO, the Elon Musk, all the people that work really hard, um, all the women that are out there hustling, you know. But how about the moms, you know? I yep. mean, it's a full-time job. I cannot do what Jen does, even for, you know, I might not tell her all the time and, because in front of her, I'm like, oh, this is easy. But it's a struggle. <laughs> Come on. Like, if I had to do it for, you know, more than three hours, is probably my max, you know, because there's a miniature Kevin Quack in my house, too. And oh my goodness, man, that kid can, it drives both of us. Like, he literally sleeps in our bed. Like, somehow we move him like three times across, but he's so persistent. <laughs> and throughout the night, we finally both give up, and it's us moving away from the bed. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> Do that that, the first that's time. how persistent the kid is. No. And, <laughs> sorry. I didn't And he that. even he sleepwalks sometimes. And somehow wow. he'll, sleep, he'll sleepwalk back into my bed. And I was like, is he even awake? Oh, he's actually not awake. And it's the strangest thing. It's like he has this, it's like a homing pigeon. No matter where we put him down, he somehow, and we read all the books. Uh, we took him to therapy. 
everything. And they give us all, and it's like, it's true. Every kid is different. There's no mm-hmm. book for them. Mm-hmm. Because we try everything. And I, and people don't believe us. I'm like, I we woke up, like we took turns tag teaming, moving him back to his bed. And it was like the sixth time we were like, okay, we give up. You know, we're, <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I can promise you this. This yeah. will not be forever. I can promise you that. That is one thing I can say. They will, they will, these habits will change. There will not be a high schooler in your bed with you or probably a middle schooler. So it will, it, it will have an end to it. If I, if I could retire from something right now, it would be the whole nighttime routine. I really want my sleep back. The, <laughs> the, the only good thing about the child is, well, there's a lot of good about him, but the only good thing at night about the child is that he doesn't kick me. He kicks Kevin. He never, ever kicks me. He always kicks Kevin in the face. Um, he ends up laying crossways somehow. I don't know how he does it because there's really no space. But anyway, we just try to embrace it. <laughs> and that's the only time I look forward to tomorrow <laughs> because I get physically abused, guys, <laughs> throughout the night. So I told him I, I would wake up and I'm like, I'm sore. Why is it? Because the kid kicks me all night. <laughs> So this, this isn't about our kid, but just for entertainment purposes, just to show you kind of how what he's like. He actually, um, I told him that he he has some sensory stuff going on. He's real sensitive, and I told him we're going to put you in summer school. This he's been virtual schooling all year for kindergarten. This is his first time to ever go and be wow. apart from me. Okay. He, it so psychologically freaked him out that during the night he slept, walked into our room crying and mad and head butted me on the leg really hard while I'm trying to sleep. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that was kind of, um, that was interesting. So we may have to get him checked out for the future. If he ever gets mad at his wife or something, it could, it could turn and it could be really bad. So anyways, <laughs> Yes. Where were we? Retirement. <laughs> retirement. Retirement. Yes. So, and the and the Audrey is happy. Yeah. Aldrich's like, I don't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> no. And mm, no, I don't think that's the point. But okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so we confirm with Aldrich that him and his wife will not be having children after he heard our story. <laughs> You mean nah, after, nah, the, nah, after nah. the clock birth control, walking birth control that you guys are? <laughs> yes. It's called, yeah, quack control, huh? Quack stories. So, but I think when it comes to retirement, guys, I think it's a matter of perspective, right? It's mm-hmm. a matter of like our mindset plays a big part in how we feel every mm-hmm. day. And call Annie. <laughs> Listen. If you don't feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, let's live in today, you know, let's live. So Annie, how can our audience find you and share a little bit more in depth about when they reach out to you, what does that journey look like? Um, Who's a fit for your business? Love to hear. Sure. So um, they can go to AnnieLieb.com first of all, but my, I'm really big on LinkedIn too. So Annie Lieb, um, MBA, GGA on, on LinkedIn. And Lieb is L-E-I-B. Everybody, everyone misspells that so much that sometimes I misspell it. But like, you know, um, people that are feeling stuck are a great 
are a great person for me. Kind of stuck. You're not sure why you're not fulfilled. And we can go through, like I said, my breath framework. I'm do. I'm actually start. I'm going to launch on June 1st a group program, which I can tell you about at a later date. But for a men's program and a women's program to go through this framework and learn from me about my healing journey. Um, but again, you know, going from that B to the H, from the beginning where they are through the healing. I've been there. I've seen the dark side. I've been in the in the, the depths of despair, and I have gone through the journey to a place where I can honestly tell you, in forty two years, forty two and a, I was just my, it was just my half birthday, forty two and a half years, I can tell you, I am completely and utterly soul centered. I've stepped into my authentic soul centered self, and I am so fulfilled more than I've ever been in my entire life, and that is from this journey and doing the work. So anybody that sort of is, that's appealing to them, certainly reach out to me and just go to my about section, go to contact me and you can set up a, a discovery half hour call. I do complimentary consultations and we can talk through it a little bit and see if it's a match. Yeah. And, and once, and once you go through Annie's program, you are retired for life. You're retired. You, right. you actually get a big <laughs> sum of money, a retirement fund and all direct, you get all direct on the other side saying, live it today, today or nothing. <laughs> No, it goes back to the something, you know, the phrase I hear a lot or the quote, right? Uh, you know, you shouldn't be living for Friday, you know, so every day should be a Friday, you know, so if you go through Annie's program, <laughs> you're going to be well, you know, right? so funny that so funny that you say that, Kevin, because I have to tell you that that it's the first time in my life in this past six months or a year when I really stepped, I was always heart centered was always from my heart and always authentic, but I wasn't always soul centered. So this program really helps mm. you kind of get to that soul centered position where you're your truest soul centered self. I never was a morning person. I was miserable in the morning. I mean, ask my ex-husband, <laughs> like he would be like, who are you today? Like I wake up and I am psyched to take on the day. That's how I knew I had turned the corner with fulfillment. I am ready to take on the day. And that can be back to back to back to back calls. It can be four lives in one day. It can be, you know, the kids picking up softball, baseball, lunch, dinner, you know, all of that. And it doesn't feel like <gasps> anymore. It feels like, okay, this is my life. Like this is, I'm living. And so that's, that's the place I want to help people get to. No, and I can relate to that because it's definitely an amazing place because Jen can attest to this. When I was in my corporate job, I was never satisfied. You know, it was always something missing and I was not a happy person. You know, as much as I put on the front and I seemed like I was happy, it, it was just horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I can truly say, and especially after the pandemic, a lot has changed because I really shifted my perspective. Mm -hmm. of like really focusing on the things that matter in life. And mm -hmm. it goes back to what Eldrick said too, you know, being able to block out all the things that don't matter. And her and I were just talking today during lunch. I said, as I age, the older I age, you only have <clears throat> so many hours in a day, in, in a lifetime, right? And every moment, those, you can't get that time back. It's so precious. So I want to spend it with those who matter most, right? And learning to really put off the things that don't matter and really start focusing and centering in on, hey, 
what does Kevin Kwok really, who do I want to meet with? Who do I care about? What matters? And it's been so fulfilling, you know, regardless of like, people are like, man, you're stuck at home all the time because we were social distancing. I go, it's been the most fulfilling time of my life. You know, in my 40 some years, it's been very fulfilling. And I, and you wake up and you're just ready to go. And, and it's all about perspective because nothing changed, you know, financially. It's not like all of a sudden this <laughs> pandemic gave me a boost. Boom. I made more money. No, it didn't. but I'm most fulfilled because I changed my personal perspective. And you got away from people. <laughs> and I got away from people. Oh, yep. I, I, I saw, I saw okay, Audrey wanted to say horrible. something. Yep. Right, Audrey, no, I, I read I that just, you are going to say something. No, no, I just wanted to ask any one question. I mean, like, uh, just, just read it at face value. Do you feel happier when you're busy or when you are not doing anything? It's a great question. Um, I'm, it was very, very difficult for me to just be for a really long time. That I'm a, it's a work in progress for me. I am very happy when I'm busy for sure, but it's that coming back to presence in that centered space where I can just be and, and be mm. that is, that is to me like ultimate sort of contentment and fulfillment of just like, because that's not how I'm wired. I'm wired like, go, 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 for, you know, like, let's just go. But like, I have to take it down a notch and come and just go. And that, that's where real real centeredness and presence comes in. I, I, have, awesome. to, I have to say that um, even though I was with teasing with Kevin, um, we, we really do love people. And I think that that's something about this show is through the, this show was actually birthed out of the pandemic because all of a sudden we're like, you know, there's LinkedIn Live coming available and, you know, everybody's going to be stuck at home. And, you know, it's time to talk about perspectives of the East and, and the West. And, um, and you know, Jeremy, if nothing else, nothing else in your life is a value, uh, like 100%, I know that you've brought a lot of value on this show. Um, if we didn't thank have you. you here, it would not be the same. And uh, so you, I definitely... I definitely want to point that out that you have a purpose, even if it's just here. And I know that this is not all that, 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 um, uh, God or, you know, however you want to say that, that oh. he has for your life. So I want to encourage you that I love you being here. So, so I, I, I do and have, a, I do have a purpose. I do have a purpose on this life, which I think I shared before in the past, right? I hope that it's to leave a legacy I'm, for his children. Precisely because I don't have, I'm not rich, right? So someday when I die and my kids are old enough, they say, hey, let's check out that on this chat, you know, 50 plus episodes, whatever. See if there are any nuggets of wisdom get into my mind, know how I think. This is what I can leave for my kids at the very least because I have nothing else. So sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for what? That's awesome. Sorry, guys, as in my kids. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, if you guys yet. are watching this. I think that's extremely thoughtful. I think that's very cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now, Jeremy, and, and, you have and, a lot more to bring to the table than you think. Thank yes. you. And, yep. I, and I want to I want to address what Annie, Annie said, right? Uh, some days I feel like that. I'm, I'm busy and very fulfilled. But some days I just can't get into that frame of mind. But some days I can just <clears throat> shift in and I just feel so fulfilled. I can do like one to ten, no problem, right? And, and usually that feeling comes around when I'm doing events. When used to be pre-pandemic, organizing events, two, three, 
two, three days at an offsite location. Oh man, that gives that makes me so alive. But sadly, that part of my work has been taken out. And uh, yeah, it sucked out a lot of joy. And honestly, organizing virtual events is just doesn't cut it. You know, how do you do team building virtually? It's not possible. I've tried. It's terrible, 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 terrible. So maybe that's why I feel like, you know, kind of stuck sometimes. Singing some and dancing, singing and dancing in front of the camera. <laughs> no, no, that's just me. No, it says to be everyone, right? Yeah. So the atmosphere, everything is different. So I, I just wanted to say that, yeah, it's, it's not I like think, I don't I think really I'll have a purpose. Add- I'll just add one thing on top of uh, what Jeremy just mentioned before uh, as my closing comment for the for this episode. I think um, a lot of us, we, we place an overriding emphasis on uh, ha- practicing deep breaths to calm down. But we never think about how we can get ourselves feeling pumped when the motivation is not with us. Mm. Natural, mm. right? That's why I say there's a lot mm. of bullshit, right? Because everything is one mm. way. So if if you are if you are feeling crazy and you want to calm down, sit, take a deep breath, you know, just just try to regulate your breathing, you will feel better, but it takes a while. And if if motivation is not with you for some days, which is normal, you need to be able to up your heart rate. You need to be able to send more oxygen to your brain. So you can what, what I usually do when I don't have my optimal day, I'll go do quick walks, brisk walks. Just up, just up your heart rate. So it forces you to breathe deeper. You will feel better and your momentum will come back. Do not wait for the momentum to come back. You are going to lose days. You're going to lose weeks. It, it's, 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 it's such a sin to waste time like that. I, I'm going to argue. I, we, now it's time to fight. I know that yeah. we're, at end, I know we're at the end of the show, but I have to say something that I was thinking yeah, before. I wasn't going to bring it up, but there's, go, go, a, go. Certain, there's yes. a certain Jeremy. I want to talk to you so bad one off, but there's a certain yeah. element of allowing that that has to come into here too. Like every day, you're not going to be go, 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 motivated every second, every day. There's allowing and there's also self-compassion, which of which you don't really have a ton so I would work on that with you. Like you're, you don't, you're not easy on yourself. You're hard on yourself. So there's, there's an allowing around how you feel that's, that sometimes you go, okay, today I'm not going to be as motivated as, as I was yesterday. And that's okay. And allowing that. Mm-hmm. Today I'm going to game. <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever or, it takes. or you can get your heart rate up like Aldrich said. It's either way. Yeah, run, run. Whatever what, you yeah, know. I agree. I agree with her. Run, 100%. run away. Run. <laughs> run away. <laughs> no, and I, okay. and, and it's true because I can attest to that too, because I am a go, go, go person. And then one day I met Jen Kwok and it changed everything so i i i literally used to i people didn't know they thought like throughout college you know i didn't do drugs i don't drink and people thought i was on coke because he didn't sleep he didn't sleep i didn't sleep and i don't (laughs) party that much or anything but i was one of those guys i i manage a gym i would work i would wake up at five I, i i competed in bodybuilding so, so back then I carry all my food, I meal prep. So it's 5 a.m., go manage a gym, go to college. After college, I took another job 
and you know I just did stuff and then I started a own personal training business so I was always go 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 you know and I became the serial entrepreneur so I start one business and then I'll start another and then I met my wife and then she is the complete opposite you know and I thought in my mind that I was gonna bring her into the dark side you know and convince Aww. her to become more like me but I was wrong because I started becoming more like her and it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because it changes your perspective because I was actually I was such a competitive nature person that sometimes I was kind of like you Jeremy I was hard on myself in my corporate job I, I was always trying to okay like no one asked me to do some of the stuff I just went ahead and did it I, I took on even more you know because I thought it was fulfilling for myself to take on more but then it was actually breaking me apart I wasn't happy I was like miserable you know uh, and then when I became a business owner same thing it was always okay how do we grow this company let's get bigger bigger let's hire more people let's manage more people and and it was actually even though i made more money it was actually not fulfilling you know and jen helped me realize like wait a hey, minute you made more money back then oh no no what have i done no no later on <laughs> yeah but but it was but then no and that's truth because when i started relaxing a little bit and start seeing that there is and i know some people hate this because we're in this culture the hustle culture sometimes you do have to balance well well you started to be and you were being instead of doing yep and you, yep. you start being and finding things that are really truly fulfilling like uh, but doing little things maybe in the middle of the day i can go have a coffee or just not go to work period right it's okay you know and not be so hard never seen myself, that but you know i, love, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean i have love it i love that for thought, a few hours and that. stuff but yeah. at the same time you know that's when things started changing right <coughs> Jen's having a good time. Excuse me. I'm like, what in the, what did you just say? No, I never no, saw I that. I do take a lot more time off now. You have, you <laughs> so. have. And also, I mean, there is a, there is a fact that sitting in your chair in the office all day is actually really unhealthy for your body and it can cause problems that lead into your older years. And so he started getting up and moving around more and just developing a more healthy, healthy lifestyle. Yep. So I'm, I've never been thanked for being myself before and you've never told me those things. So even though it's public, I just want to say thanks. That's really nice. <laughs> I just don't like to admit to it, but it's true. But, but this is awesome. It is a great show. Um, we talk about a lot of things, but I think at the end of the day is you've got to find what fulfills you. So if you don't know, contact Annie. <laughs> so, <laughs> And Jeremy, we're yeah. all gonna hold you accountable. You're gonna reach oh, out to Annie. Oh no, no, yeah, I think I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna I stalk think. him. Are you kidding? <laughs> we, need, we need to chat like tonight. I mean, seriously. Uh, 
I need to I need to take care of my dental issue first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do your dental issue and then we'll talk. No, no, no. Definitely, we'll 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 uh, meet up offline and yeah. Because Thank um, you. interesting, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Annie, for being on our Thank show. Thank you for having me. This was Thank I you, didn't Annie. know what, what what it was going to be like. I was like retirement. I don't understand, but I'm going to go and show up. And I appreciate all of you. It was a great discussion. It really was. Thank you for hearing me and accepting me and, and letting me speak. Yep. Thanks, Annie. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Awesome. Really appreciated it. Thank you, everyone. And thanks for the audience um, that stuck with us on all throughout the whole show. Thank you so much. So and thank all thank all and thank our sponsors, right? <laughs> yep. Thank our sponsors. So StreamYard, you know, they sponsor our show. So thank you as well. So they, they get thank the you. end. Yeah. So, so have a good um evening. Good night. Have thank a good you. Morning. I'll do it nice to meet you, you, Jeremy, Jen, Kevin. Thanks, Annie. Bye. Bye. Bye.